They say the mind is a terrible thing to waste. And they'd be correct. Inside your skull is a supercomputer of cosmic proportions. And right now, you're using it to listen to a podcast from two Filipino dipshits. You could be learning how to draw like the great masters, or how to how to play guitar. Pr- probably better than me, not gonna lie. It's, it's mostly just power chords and... Well, you know what? Just don't worry about it. But a computer is only as good as the one using it. And if you're like me, and have accidentally clicked a pop-up ad on Pornhub once or twice or 15 times well using your friend's computer, you'll find that things will just stop working. And when they do, the attention will be put inside the walls. I'm Daniel Gastelum, and Jason is a dickhead. Well, fuck. That intro was stupid. (laughs) (laughs) This may shock you, but I I am not Aaron Mankey, (laughs) and this is not lore. Really? Yeah. Shocking, right? uh, Wait, why am I here? You told me I was going to be on the lore podcast. Oh, wait, is this this is just our podcast? Jason, that's not even Aaron Mankey. (laughs) That's... Wait a second. How long has that Aaron Mankey statue been here? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I knew your place was haunted. All right. So, uh, fuck. There's this, like, super old joke that I heard uh, where (laughs) I think William Draven told me this joke where this guy just bought a house and they warned him that uh, they warned him that it might be haunted. He's like, I don't believe in ghosts. And... In the middle of the night, a woman taps him on the shoulder and said, Honey, there's a scary clown statue outside of our door. And he goes, Wait a second. I'm not married. Get away from my creepy clown statue. (laughs) (laughs) It was expensive. Get out of here. (laughs) Shoo goes shoo. (laughs) But it's the most wonderful time of the year, Jason. Christmas. Ho- no, fuck you. It's Halloween. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Halloween. That's what I meant to say. Yes. That was my, my second guess. It's the happiest time of the year. I'm in Las Vegas. Jason, you're probably... Drinking? <laughs> probably. Maybe I'm at Horror Nights. I don't know. No. You know what? I'm going to Horror Nights. That's Jay- okay. Cool date. Jason, <laughs> Horror Nights. <laughs> right now. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I love Halloween. Yeah. What are you planning on uh, dressing up as? Uh, let's see. I'm not sure. It's a toss-up between... Way to put me on the spot, Jason. Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> I know this was going to be such a tough question. <laughs> well, I'm going to be working Halloween, so I probably won't have a chance to dress up. Oh. Yeah. That's unfortunate. But if I did, it would probably be America's Got Talent winner Shin Lin. <laughs> so you just like wear a red jacket or something? Yeah, just like a red vest and my usual clothes. Maybe blow dry my hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah can you imagine walking up to someone and going oh hey are you shin Lim?" and then on ha- and then i would have to say no but we have the same job i'm just worse what do you have to defend yourself and be like it's all politics <laughs> what are what are you gonna be for halloween um that's a tough one i've kind of been thinking oh about i hate to put you on the spot jason <laughs> jesus <laughs> Yeah, I haven't been thinking about it at all. Although I did come up with a great idea today. What? A sexy you. What? Yeah. Where are you going to get a cloak and a witch's hat and nothing else? (laughs) Yeah, those first two will be difficult. I think I could spin that last one. (laughs) Just have to avoid the cops. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm ready. Uh, do you have any dates? Um, not that I can think of. It's Halloween. It's after Halloween. Uh, we have something that we will announce in a few days after this podcast comes out. Yeah, we could, uh, yeah, I've got nothing. What about you? Any dates? Jason? Yeah. Tomorrow on November 1st begins the worst time of the year. We inch closer to the holiday season. Woo! Fuck you. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, boo. (laughs) I am 100% happy with being the Grinch of this podcast. And as the Grinch, Jason and I will be doing a live show in Manhattan Beach on December 14th. Woo! Live podcast episode. Uh, burlesque acts from Sinister Burlesque. Uh, maybe Brett Marks, maybe other magicians, and I will close it out with a time travel bizarre show. Ooh, spooky. Yes. I think. Wait, isn't it Christmas? Well, I'll be talking about ghosts from the past, present, and future. Oh, okay. I see where the time like travel that, comes in. Like that famous... Holiday story. Muppet Christmas Carol? Oh. I was I was thinking like Xanadu. Okay, so <laughs> stop on by. It's gonna be awesome. When this episode goes live, tickets will be available at notacceptable.live. It's so exciting gonna be a good show people maybe we'll even get the audio right oh wait we're not really filming that one are we i mean we will oh and that one we are that's yes i'm thinking of the other show uh all right jason we're doing a bizarre tale and i don't think it's gonna be one of the funny ones 
Okay, no, that's fair. It's Halloween. I don't think this is going to be a skunk ape situation. <laughs> okay, I'm okay with this. And uh, if we laugh scary. at if we laugh during this report, it's probably more fucked up than us laughing about Roy Sullivan. Who's that? The guy who got struck by lightning seven times. Oh yeah, that was pretty silly. But I have a habit I mean, we, of nervous we, laughter, so I'm going to apologize for laughing in the middle of this no doubt horrible report. I mean, we kind of fucked up and laughed at the absurdity of him not dying by lightning, but shooting himself in the head. Oh, that's right, didn't we? Didn't we also laugh at people like hanging a monkey or something like that? Yeah, but that's different. Monkeys are silly. That's still kind of fucked up. (laughs) In the late 1940s, a collection of Roman Catholic priests performed exorcisms on an anonymous boy. Hmm. He was 14 years old, born around 1935, and was given the name Roland Doe. Roland Doe. Yeah. Or Robbie Mannheim. He's got two names? Two pseudonyms. Oh, so we don't... Pseudonyms? Pseudonyms. Pseudonyms. <laughs> we don't know his actual name. How old is he? 14? He's 14. All right. And these exorcisms happened. Old enough to have an exorcism, I think. For most of the case, particularly the events tied to the exorcism, they were documented by Raymond J. Bishop. By 1949, newspaper articles all across the U.S. mentioned the exorcism. Really? And how come I've never heard of it? The story was confirmed by the family's former pastor, Luther Miles Schulz. And unfortunately, the story would go on to haunt millions upon millions of people. Really? Hmm. A real-life exorcism. Roland was part of a German Lutheran family, finding themselves living in Cottage City, Maryland. He was an only child who was lonely and relied on adults for companionship and entertainment. Oh, I already feel bad for him. (laughs) I mean, that's not going to lie. I relate a lot to that statement. (laughs) Still sad. It must have been weird hanging out with me on the playground. Like, you watch Power Rangers? No, but did you see All in the Family last night? (laughs) I'm going to go hang out with those other kids. (laughs) Hey, Daniel, do you have any Yu-Gi-Oh cards? No, but how about this paddle with a string (laughs) and a ball? The string's not elastic. (laughs) It's pretty awful. (laughs) I'll trade you this paddle for a single Yu-Gi-Oh card. No. Okay, well, how about the paddle and $50 for this Karibo? That sounds like a good deal. I think I'll do that. It's a good thing me, a seven-year-old child, always carries $50. Oh, Daniel, remember to spend this only on something that's important. Hey, I got a Karibo card. Why do we give you money? (laughs) You're seven years old. (laughs) What did we think you were going to spend it on? (laughs) 
Roland spent most of his time with his aunt Harriet. That sounds like an aunt name. She was a spiritualist. Oh, no. And later would give Roland a Ouija board when he showed interest in it. Okay, well, I sort of see where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, okay, where do you think where do, where do you think this is going? He's a he's a kid. He's he's a kid, right? Yeah. He's a kid. He's getting a Ouija board. Doesn't know how to use it. Doesn't know rules. Messing with things. He doesn't name understand. name any of the rules of a Ouija board, Jason. Um, something about closing a door. Okay, that's one. Um, don't use it on Tuesdays. No. Don't call them by their last name only because then they think it's too formal. No. Um, it's there's only basically you have to close the door, and uh, don't get it wet, obviously. Oh, like gremlins. Yeah, and don't flash any bright lights on it. <laughs> And whatever you do, do not feed it after me. Oh, God. <laughs> I should have known those ones. God, I'm so Way dumb. to step on that punchline, Jason. <laughs> you're, a gr- you're a great improv partner. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, but yeah, basically, nothing happened. Roland was happy, and he put down his Ouija board, and that was it. Oh, okay. Actually, good. no, that, that, I misread that. Uh... After Aunt Harriet died in 1949... <laughs> That's a lot more depressing than the last line. <laughs> Roland began to experience strange things around the house. Oh my god, was she haunting him? There was a scratching, almost gnawing, coming from inside the walls. Ooh. Furniture would move on its own, and objects like vases would fly across the room. The hell? Uh, the family would contact their local pastor, Luther Miles Schultz. He was interested in parapsychology. What, what is that? It's like the study in science of, like, occult phenomenon. Okay, gotcha. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know this part of every single exorcism movie. <laughs> but they call the expert. The pastor invited Roland to stay at his home for observation. After that, he told the family that they should seek a Catholic priest. <laughs> <laughs> well, Yep, he's, uh, he's definitely haunted or something. I don't really know what to do. I'll be honest, this is a hobby for me. <laughs> Look, I know I'm a man of God, but way above my pay grade. How <laughs> <laughs> those Catholic priests deal with this I'll go. I'll go back to helping people with uh, opium addictions and alcoholism. Um, I'm good. Have you met Creature? (laughs) He sells opium and glass eyes. (laughs) That's kind of more my speed. So do they get a Catholic priest? Hello, Pastor. (laughs) It is me, Creature. (laughs) Can I still expect you for my Halloween party? (laughs) I'll, uh, I'll be there. 
I guess. Well, the theme is really fun. What's the theme? Glass eyes <laughs> and opium. <laughs> yeah, I'll be, I guess I'll be there. <laughs> it's kind of my thing. <laughs> Did we talk about doing less opium? No. I'll be there. <laughs> when people think of exorcisms, like, when you think of an exorcism, what do you see? Uh, like, in your mind. The movie The Exorcist. So, Well, like, how would you, like, describe it and stuff? Um, a priest there holding up a cross, saying some Latin. Um, her head spinning around, shooting out vomit. Um... Yelling out a bunch of cursing at the priest, and the priest being like, "The power of Christ compels you." Maybe smacking her a couple times with the cross. I mean, people picture that, or they imagine like John Constantine, yeah, in a room full of candles and sigils. Yep, <laughs> that's uh, that's actually incorrect. That's not how most exorcisms tend to go. The first one or the second one, or neither. Either of them. That's no. not usually how they go. Oh. How else could it go? Well, exorcisms are saved as like a last resort. Mm. It's never like, hey, my kid is throwing up a lot. Like, oh, time to do an exorcism. Like, it's the last thing you want to do. Yeah, my kid's got some bad grades. Yeah, because even in like the 40s, they would seek medical attention and psychiatric help and counseling. They would check for like trauma, abuse, addiction. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah. Good job, people in the 40s. I mean, it continued onwards. It's still a thing today, but I think the most famous example of how exorcisms could be really brutal is the case of Annalise Michelle. Annalise Michelle. Yeah. Uh, in, over the course of 10 months... She had 67 exorcisms performed. Holy crap. One or two a week, uh, and each one could last up to four hours. Damn. She was possessed as fuck. Well. Uh, or had something else wrong with her. <laughs> she refused medical attention, and towards the end of her life, she even stopped eating. Oh, that's. Yeah. Did she end up okay? <laughs> I want to guess no. An, auto an autopsy stated that she died of malnutrition and dehydration. She weighed 68 pounds. Holy crap. She had broken knees. Oh. She couldn't move on her own. And it said that she contracted pneumonia. What the hell happened? And this started because she would have seizures and... After a while, would start to speak in inhuman tongues and would apparently have super strength. Oh, wow. And uh, in 1976, her parents and Father Alt and Father Renz were uh, charged with homicide. Okay. Uh, negligent homicide, to be specific. And they were found guilty on manslaughter charges. Each of them getting six months in jail and three years of probation. Hmm. You uh, you don't do exorcisms for fun. Yeah, that sounds really 
fucked up. It's very fucked. Yeah. And that story actually inspired the movie The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Oh, I heard that was based on a true story. Never saw the movie, though. Sounds really it's depressing. Fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's all right. You can skip it. Just watch the Legal Eagle episode <laughs> of it. It's really good. All right. <laughs> Legal Eagle. Woo! Let's do a podcast on... Legal Eagle? What's a shitty movie that we could do with <laughs> lawyers? Uh... Liar, liar. That's a great movie. Oh, yeah, you're right. I feel bad. Don't at me. <laughs> Roland would be subject subjected to multiple exorcisms. Uh, Edward Hughes, a Roman Catholic priest, performed one in February at Georgetown University. During the ritual, Roland slipped out of his restraints, snapping a bedspring and slashing the uh, priest across the arm well with what it's like the bedspring holy fuck <laughs> damn that's i also imagine he went well i'm a catholic priest and uh the quote that other guy this is above my pay grade <laughs> <laughs> i did not give up booze and cigarettes <laughs> <laughs> and getting laid to be slashed by a bedspring by a kid. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were, we were told you were the expert. No, you're told you're told to get a Roman priest. You guys did your best. I'm out. <laughs> well, the family went to St. Louis, and Roland's cousin spoke to one of her professors, Raymond J. Bishop. They just keep going up the... <laughs> who then contacted William S. Bowdern, who worked at College Church. The two men observed a shaking bed, flying objects, a deep, inhuman, growling voice, and pain whenever anything holy or sacred was even close to Roland. Huh. This is creepy. They uh, contacted the Archbishop. Oh my god, <laughs> keep going up the totem pole. <laughs> One person after another being like, I don't think this kid's fucking around. <laughs> should we stay here? No, we shouldn't stay here. Let's go stay. <laughs> oh man, this is fucked. Oh my god. I'm going to go the safer option and storm the beaches of Normandy. I'll see you later. <laughs> Oh, wait, this is 1949. Never mind. I'm going to do the safer option. And, I don't know, go to Argentina. Yeah. <laughs> what was happening there? Go to, go to Argentina with a German language dictionary. <laughs> Trying to find some Nazis there. Oh, man. Oh, man. So they got the archbishop. <laughs> He went and got the Pope. And, uh, no. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah, the good Pope, too. Not yeah. even like the Palpatine Pope that we'd get later. I remember that guy. He was terrifying. You ever just resign as a Pope? Like, Palpatine Pope didn't even die. Yeah. He's just like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> just one of a few Popes, I was just like, 
Don't no, I'm okay. Pope. Yeah. Can you I've, do that? I've checked everything <laughs> off my uh, Pope wish list. <laughs> I got to add uh, uh, spinning rims on the Pope mobile. <laughs> and I'm going to retire. <laughs> yeah, that was the only thing on that checklist. <laughs> I don't know if you could do that. I'm the Pope. Who's going to stop me? Somebody else take over. <laughs> I'm not showing up Monday. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck you think the pope has to give like a two weeks notice <laughs> yeah, I, <don't> even... <laughs> I hope so hey uh just so you know uh kanye west offered me a position <laughs> as a producer for his studio um so here's my two weeks notice <laughs> And I hope if uh, if anyone calls, uh, you can put in a good word for me. Um, yeah, is that gonna be a time to interview for the next position? <laughs> I mean, look, I talk to God on a daily basis, but how often do I get to talk to Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> the archbishops are nodding at each other. Uh, he's got a fair point. <laughs> Uh, the art. Fuck, that was a huge tangent. <laughs> yeah, it was. All right, so they grabbed We're the never going to have another tangent on this show ever again. Yeah, so yeah, we agreed that before, and we're sticking to it. So the Archbishop actually gave uh, approval to perform an exorcism, and uh, they ended up doing an exorcism at the Alexian Brothers Hospital. Hmm. Another priest, Walter Holleran, was called by uh was called from the family psychiatric wing of the hospital so he's the one who's going to do the exorcism well he's there to assist okay gotcha so you have three catholic priests and a 14 year old boy attached to a bed at least they're in a hospital so they're they're ready for anything to go wrong presumably right I mean, the joke is right there. (laughs) (laughs) All of us are just observing that silence, waiting for somebody to mention something. (laughs) Can't we just go back to talking about Pope? What's his face? Working with Kanye West. Let's bring it back to the Paul podcast. (laughs) The weeks that would pass, uh, words like evil and hell would appear on Roland's body. The hell? Oh, I didn't mean to, for that to be a relevant statement, but... Long damn. red lines would move up his thigh from his ankle, forming almost a pitchfork-like shape. Oh. A large X scratched across Roland's chest, uh, which the priest believed... Uh, signified that ten demons were perf- were perf- uh, were possessing him. Damn. That's fucked. They only have to do it ten times instead of sixty-seven, right? So he's gonna be okay. Wait, what? Where'd you get sixty-seven? <laughs> uh, that other girl. Oh, uh, yeah. At least whatever. <laughs> Duh, I knew that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the final exorcism happened, and the mattress began to shake. Oh, shit. 
Roland broke Holloran's nose in the struggle. Oh my god. But after the ritual was finished, uh, it said that the boy had a pretty normal life. What? Really? Yeah. No way. That's crazy. So it worked? The family moved to the East Coast. So Roland, what to the guy? He broke the other guy's nose? Yeah. Holy fuck. Roland apparently found a wife and started a family, naming their first son Michael after the saint he believed saved his soul. Holy crap. That's so weird. Uh, if he's still alive today, he would be in his 80s. Oh, hey, he might still be alive. Dude, we have to find him. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he still has any of those scars. Bowdern died in 1983. Uh, Holloran would also pass in 2005 from cancer, and he would be the last one standing from the team that performed the exorcisms. Oh, man. Uh, the room in the Alexi Brothers Hotel was sealed after everyone left. And uh, the building was torn down into an empty lot. Oh. The house in Maryland also became an empty lot. Ro Roland Doe may also have been identified as Ronald Hunkeler. Hunkeler? Hunkeler. Aberdeenshire? Aberdeenshire? <laughs> That's not a real name. <laughs> but uh, only one person can be certain. And his name... Is John Cena. <laughs> he was there? No. Ah. <laughs> Dude, if John Cena was like hollering and Roland broke his nose. <laughs> That's true. Oh, no. Oh, that would have been crazy. I think we just pitched an awful idea. I think this sounds like an amazing idea for a next horror movie. If John Cena, if you want to get into horror, call us. Maybe we should call him, actually. Dude, that's crazy. But here's the thing. Mark... Here's the thing. Mark Opsen... Obsesnik? Mark Obsesnik. Uh, okay. He's an author and a historian who is very skeptical of all of the occult paranormal claims in this story. Really? Yeah. To him, Roland was just a spoiled kid who was also a bully. <laughs> who demanded attention uh, he reported that Holleran never actually witnessed vocal changes and he also said that it's possible that Roland was just mimicking Latin that he heard at mass <laughs> they didn't have a translator there <laughs> you would think that they would know their Latin right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> at least reference like remember the ones that are like from certain bible verses or whatever yeah i mean that's way higher stakes than getting something wrong in karaoke <laughs> yeah <laughs> just somebody bring a trans at least bring the latin to english dictionary i mean i was really embarrassed when i found out that in 1979 by smashing pumpkins it's and i don't even care to shake these zipper blues uh, instead of, and I don't need long hair. 
<laughs> to shake these zipper blues. <laughs> we've um, all done it. Maybe not with that song. But we've all done it. So is it real? Uh, also, for the red lines, uh, Roland's nails were never checked for skin if he did the scratches himself. Oh, right. Yeah, I wonder if they had that technology in the 40s. I mean, you could just check under his <laughs> nails for dead skin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and to him, most of the important details were hearsay and uh, never fully documented or fact-checked. Joe Nickel, a skeptic and a paranormal investigator who only examines the paranormal through scientific method. Huh. And he's like the only person who does this. You think there'd be at least one other person? No, it's just him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he came to a similar conclusion. Uh, he, he was very well versed in debunking this sort of thing. And uh, he, when faced with, well, how do you explain his, you know, Roland's crazy strength? Well, have you ever seen a teenager get super pissed off? They tend to, like, be a lot stronger than usual. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's some pretty strong teens out there. Like at 14 years yeah. old or whatever. And uh, basically he said, also, this seems like a stereotypical storybook version of the devil. <laughs> you know, like, I would imagine the devil would have, like, more subtlety. Yeah. <laughs> it would be really weird if, like, we both go to hell, and it's just, like, a guy who's half goat, half man, <laughs> with huge horns, a tail, and a pitchfork. He's like, what's up? I'm the devil. That would be pretty weird. Yeah, it's not like, like oh. What are the odds we call this exactly? <laughs> well, you know how in the movie, Paul, all of the aliens <laughs> look the, the same? <laughs> because Paul inspired all of them? Fuck it. All right, so this whole thing was just been a soft backdoor reboot of us being a Paul cast. <laughs> nice. I'm ready. <laughs> So this story, it basically would have just been forgotten if it wasn't posted in the newspaper. But uh, it made an impression on people, especially on Walter Peter Blatty, who uh, wrote a book called The Exorcist. Oh, no way. <laughs> which was later adapted into a movie. And that movie... Gremlins 2. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was The Exorcist. <laughs> Somebody already made an Exorcist movie, so we just had to go with Gremlins 2. <laughs> but yeah, man, this is the story that inspired The Exorcist. I didn't even know that was based off a real story. Dude, it says like, it's like the main selling point. It's based on a true story. I mean, in my defense, I haven't seen The Exorcist in like many, many years. I don't remember, like, a little thing in the beginning. There was a thing in the beginning or the end that was, like, based off a true story? It's all over the promotional material. Oh, actually, yeah. yeah, I completely missed that somehow. That's crazy. So that's the story The Exorcist was based off of. Yes. Except there's a girl in the movie. Yeah. 
That's, huh. <laughs> but yeah, that story was super fucked. Yeah. Jason, do you have anything you want to plug? Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> uh, not right now. I didn't have the time to update anything. Okay. I'm going to go back to Thought Color eventually. Do uh, you have anything you want to plug? I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at DHPGastelum. G-A-S-T-E-L-U-M is in Mary. Stop by DHPGastelum.com. Mondays we update with podcasts. Wednesdays and Fridays with comics. My voice just cracked because I'm going through puberty. <laughs> Yay! You can read Aria, a cyberpunk mystery that updates on Wednesdays and Fridays. Do you like what we're doing? Want to support the show? Give us a rating and review on iTunes. It'll help us get found so much easier. And if you really like what we're doing, consider sponsoring us on Patreon. Where you can get early podcasts, early comics, discounted merch, and tickets for shows. And, uh, yeah. I just want to say, this is the last podcast episode. We're taking a break in November, like we talked about in July. Are we? Yeah, June and November. We're taking those months off to build a backlog. Yeah, that's true. So we'll have one episode in November, and then we'll start back in December. Nice. Happy Halloween, everybody. And happy holidays, you Grinch. Oh my god, what's that behind you? Oh fuck! Hello, everybody. I'm Kate, a.k.a. Daniel's future wife. I am also Jason's college roommate. Technically, we kind of met with from Jason a little bit. Yeah, so, he did. So that's kind of <laughs> how that happened. Anyway, uh, Daniel asked me to come on the show today to tell the most horrifying, nightmarish time that we have ever been together. Um he used to have a very bad sleepwalking and nightmare problem, and this kind of came to life for Jason and I one night. Oh, yeah, it did. One brutal, brutal night. <laughs> so uh, what happened was Jason and Daniel came to my place for about a weekend. We were going to go to Dickens Fair, which is a um, Victorian festival. So Daniel was in my bed, of course. Jason was on the couch. And the story starts... Um, it's, I don't know, two in the morning, Daniel and I are asleep. 
and he wakes up from a dead slumber. Complete panic. I I wake up and go, oh no, not again. (laughs) And I look at him and I say, hey baby, it's all right. It's a nightmare. Just calm down. Everything will be okay. He isn't staring at me, but looks into the corner of the room in wild-eyed terror. And he fucking gets up and runs out of the room. And I was, like, super asleep. So I'm just, like, laying there, like, all right, let me let me see if I actually have to get up for this or if he'll resolve it on his own. And eventually I hear munching coming from the kitchen. He used, <laughs> he used to be a pretty big sleep eater. So I was like, all right, he's eating. It's cool. I'm going to go back to bed. And I kind of just close my eyes. So I guess that's when I saw him, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm on in the living room on the couch, uh, just laying down on my phone for some reason, uh, still awake. And I hear Daniel come out gasping and panting, kind of. There's like two spaces on either side of the wall where I can glimpse at him from my point of view on the couch. And I see him coming from the hallway, looking around terrified, sort of going back there, going back behind the kitchen wall again so I can't see him, but I could still hear his noises. And I'm just wondering what the hell is going on. He definitely sounds terrified, just <sighs> like something's happening all around him. And he's looking around at all the walls and the ceiling. And that's when I hear the crunching noise. (laughs) I'm like, okay, can't really see him behind the wall, but I think he's okay. (laughs) I I could hear him eating. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then I see him appear behind the wall with a bag of popcorn and head towards me on the couch. And he's staring at some point above my head, just in abject terror. Every now and then kind of grabbing a handful of popcorn and eating it. <laughs> <laughs> and I just looked above me, looked at him like Daniel. And he kind of catches a glimpse of me and he starts walking towards me. And I'm like, hey, you, you OK? And he's just slowly walking towards me. And I stand up from the couch and he walks towards me and I stare at the point and he slowly lifts his arm and points at some point in the like in the corner of the wall and the ceiling. And I look at it, but there's nothing there. Although I swear to God, kid, I thought something was going to be there. <laughs> I... Horror movie status. <laughs> exactly. There are fucking ghosts now. <laughs> and I'm just like, uh, there's nothing there. You okay? And he just starts walking backwards like not taking his eyes off of that point while eating popcorn (laughs) and he just disappears behind the kitchen wall again and i just start to lay down like the hell was that i'm gonna have to ask about that later um oh and that must be he puts down the bag i didn't see this and he appears from behind the wall again i did see this though and now he was holding a knife. <laughs> and that's when I felt compelled to have to stand up. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, just see him walking from one side of the wall of the kitchen to the other side with the knife. 
And I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> just stand up. <laughs> like, all right, I'm definitely in a horror movie now. And I just slowly walk over to him. Like, not really sure what's going on. Kind of trying to negotiate it with him. Like, hey, you okay, buddy? <laughs> Something happening? <laughs> and I think it was at this point where it's been like, you know, three or four minutes. Daniel hasn't come back to bed. I'm still hearing, like, the panicked breathing from the bedroom. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, motherfucker, I have to get up. <laughs> and so I, like, brace myself. And I get up. And I walk to the kitchen. And I see Daniel holding a knife. <laughs> with complete terror in his eyes. And Jason and I just look at each other like, what the fuck is going on here? Oh, Oh, man. (laughs) So we we slowly approach Daniel. And, you know, I say, hey, it's nightmare. You're hallucinating. Everything's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. <laughs> I think I get the knife from him and put it on the table. Yeah. And that's when he says... Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's when he says... What did he say again? They're in the walls. Oh, that's right. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> and Jason and I look at each other again. <laughs> like, we're... Almost as terrified as Daniel at this point. Yeah. Like, something is going to kill us now. That's for fucking sure. That's what I knew for sure that I was in a horror movie. And I swear my first thought at this moment, as I'm staring at Kate, is... You let me sleep in your fucking haunted ass house. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't fucking know. <laughs> and like Kate just goes over and she like hugs Daniel and she's like calm trying to calm him down. It's kind of just kind of standing nearby. And then while she's like calming him down, we hear a crunch sound. <laughs> and Daniel just unconsciously grabs some popcorn from like a bowl or the bag or something and eats it. And we just both burst out laughing because we're absolutely terrified. And the sound just came out of nowhere. And it was just like such a, it was such a, like a waterfall moment. Like, they're in the walls. Us looking at each other in terror. And then he looks down at at the knife that he had put down and just picks up popcorn. (laughs) Like, in one fucking moment. And so we just crack up because we go from horror to, oh my god, this guy's eating popcorn in front of us. It's right after saying a line like they're in the walls <laughs> and then he immediately the second we burst out laughing he just looks into the distance and he's like they're laughing at me because they don't believe me <laughs> which is just just as creepy basically and like I swear to god he just like started rocking back and forth they don't believe me but they're in the walls they're in the walls <laughs> And Kate's just like, no, you're just dreaming, you're having a nightmare while staring at me. <laughs> like, the hell? <laughs> so somehow I get him to leave the kitchen, 
go around that wall and onto the couch where um, Jason had been sleeping. Oh, I just remembered something. What? While you were bringing him to the couch, you had one of your stuffed animals. Oh, was it Shamu? I think so. <laughs> and you, I think you held it while you were bringing him to the couch. Oh, you're right. <laughs> um, so Daniel really loves my stuffed Shamu and he always sleeps with it. So <laughs> he brought it out to calm him down. And yeah, and you're right. I totally forgot about that. He was clutching it in terror. Like this is the last thing that he needed. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Uh, so we put him on the couch and he's sitting there like still like looking at that same spot that he had been gesturing at earlier. And um, he gestures to me that he wants his cell phone. And sometimes when Daniel like is having a hard time talking, for whatever reason, it's easier for him to type things. So I know the give him the phone signal pretty well. So like run in the bedroom and I get his phone and I come back expecting him to like type out some kind of message. But instead, <laughs> he records this. I see. Movements in the walls. It's in the corner of every room. I see bones, sometimes femurs or hands that emerge. In the corner of the living room, I see a skull grow more and more eyes, and they never seem to stop growing. And right now, it is looking at me. <laughs> so yeah <laughs> that happened <laughs> so now i think we really think that we're all about to die here. Yeah. <laughs> um and while this was happening he's still looking at that point while he's recording that message i look straight down and in that corner is his ritual kit for practicing magic and i asked him like hey is that the scary spot because that's where you keep your tools? And he just nods at me. <laughs> and I didn't know what Kate was talking about until I looked down there too and saw it. I was like, oh my god. None of this is a coincidence. I'm gonna die here. <laughs> so somehow, somehow I convinced him, alright, I know you're terrified. It's nightmare. Come to bed. You'll be okay. I'll be with you. Shamu will be with you. Um, our cat Phoebe will be with you. We will protect you from scary skull eye. Okay. Also, what the fuck is with the femurs? Yeah. Can we bring that up now? <laughs> yeah, what is up with that? I don't know. For people uh, who don't know, femur is a leg bone. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, so I, I, I get him to stand up. He's clutching Shamu. I believe he's still munching at the popcorn at this point, too. <laughs> so. And he walks backwards out of that room, still staring at that point, around the corner, still staring at that point, all the way into the bedroom, still staring <laughs> at that point, until he gets in bed, lays down, and then he's fucking out. Oh, man. 
And then I had to sleep in that couch right next to that point. <laughs> yeah, I closed the door and locked it. <laughs> Jason had to sleep in that same room with the skull eyes. <laughs> like, I'm going to die here. <laughs> I've seen horror movies. <laughs> uh, they're going to hear a scream like an hour from now. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. If we all got murdered that night. No one would be surprised. <laughs> no. Oh, except for my mom who slept through this entire thing. <laughs> That's true. She would just find his phone later with like the message on it. Be like, oh, that's what that was. <laughs> <laughs> so the next day we get up and we addressed and we go, we start getting ready for Dickens. And um, at this point in his life, Daniel had this thing where it took him almost two hours to actually wake up like you could have a whole conversation with him and he wouldn't remember a damn thing so jason and i knew because you guys were our roommates still i think at this point so you knew what he was like when he woke up in the morning if we said anything (laughs) before we were super sure he was awake he wouldn't remember so we were just like looking at each other the whole morning like when are we gonna tell him <laughs> I do remember like getting up, him walking into the living room, like dressed for Dickens, me getting up to like get ready myself, and him just knocking out on the couch like immediately and just staying there for like <laughs> the rest of the time until we get in the car, basically. Like, <laughs> he was just out. Yeah, he. It's like he didn't get very good sleep for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, I think we were driving for fucking 45 minutes so at this point we'd been up for two hours and and i said jason or i think he's awake now <laughs> and we both just giggle and manic laughter <laughs> and i said hey daniel do you uh do you remember anything from last night <laughs> i remember that so well <laughs> it's just like halfway through a 45 minute drive or something it's like so <laughs> I I could not wait anymore. Like yeah. I was like, I need to tell this story before we get there because it could be too loud. We need to do it now. Yeah. And uh, you know, of course he didn't remember anything. So Jason and I took turns telling the whole story. And then we get to the point and we say, Now look at your phone. <laughs> it was perfect. <laughs> And he plays the recording to himself. And he's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's great because the whole car has to go like pitch quiet like while he like, plays the recording. <laughs> and I think if I remember correctly, we told that story like three times that day. Yeah. Every time we read it to somebody, speaking of ghosts of Christmas past, guess what happened to us? You want to hear about a possession slash haunting? My my boyfriend tried to murder us. Maybe, or maybe the demons in the walls. I don't really know. Also, there are demons in the walls. Fun fact. When we eventually got home, because, of course, we were, like, gushing with this moment. Um, I know we told my mom. And that night, she locked up all the knives. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, I don't want to get stabbed in my sleep. I'm like, I don't know if I want to tell her this part of the story. It's a good part, so I'm just going to say it. 
just emphasized the danger you thought we were all in. <laughs> there were demons, and Daniel was gonna kill him by God. <laughs> he was gonna kill something. Yeah. I don't know if he died of knives, but it's gonna. God damn, he was gonna try. <laughs> I will say this, like, if there is a horror movie, he is fucking ready. Oh, they need to turn this into a horror movie. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> I'm available for consults. <laughs>